Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? Oh, I'm just, I'm kind of droning out right now, man. Does that mean you're tired? No, I, no. We're going to talk about drone Does that mean like, today. does your wife like remotely control you now? Yeah. That's or been can going I on. remotely been, control you? Been going on for years and you will never control me. So <sighs> unless you acquire Jill somehow, I don't even want to start that subject. Mm, I'll work on this. But yeah, I'm droning out today. I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to get after it. And, you know, once again, the timeliness of, of our moods and the topics seem to have drawn themselves to an intersection. But with us today, we've got PJ Piper, who's the CEO of Aware Vehicles. PJ, what's up? How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing well. Good. I'm doing well. I, you know, I said I was droning out, but you do have a drone startup. And for those of you that are listening, well, first off, this episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. We can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. But while you're listening and checking out Fullscale.io, you can also go to AwareVehicles.com. That's that's recommended, right? Yeah. 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 So as we get started, uh, we we know you from being part of the Launch KC, and that's launchkc.org if you want to check it out, of uh, their clean tech cohort. And uh, you have a drone company, is this correct? Yeah, yeah. So the Launch KC did the uh, program with Black and & Veatch, and we were a part of that. Um, we've been working on adding autonomy to precision agriculture and infrastructure, and in particular, using drones, drones, advanced imaging, and artificial intelligence. Actually, it's really the combination of all three where you can get the benefit uh, of each of those. So let's let's go back a little bit and give a little backstory about how you got into all this and how you figured out there was a problem worth solving. Well, uh, the last few companies I've been involved in, um, I've had a, a great mentor slash technical advisor, um, kind of a Boeing research and development guy. And so he introduced me to my first company after I left banking to start in Boston. And um, that was a nanotechnology. It was basically like a high performance insulation. And um, he came to me, he said, hey, the technology works. We'd love to use it, but we're not going to build a company and become an insulation company. That's not what we do. Right. So his as a technology scout, he liked to connect people. And so he connected me with them, started that company. That went all the way through. That's IPO. Um, this same guy introduced me to a motor development guy or basically a guy in his garage here in the Kansas City area. And that's what brought me here. Um, but he, about four years ago or so, said, you know, the drone technologies are awesome. Um, and they're doing a lot, but at some point they have to solve the last yard and drone autonomy, which is somebody needs to figure out how to make them land, recharge, bring off all the data, communicate it out without anybody touching it. So people have developed a lot of really great technology. Even in the last few years, it's been amazing what they've been able to do with taking off and route planning and taking pictures and all the rest of this. But because they've been designed for consumers, 
they didn't bother with those last steps because they figured, okay, well, whoever buys it, they can go pick up the drone. They can, you know, plug there would it be in. a pilot. Yeah, there'd be a pilot. Yeah. They can they can plug it in. They can take out a SIM card and get their pictures off. And we don't have to deal with that. It's an additional cost, and we're competing with other drone companies that you know want to shave another hundred dollars off. We don't want to add any additional expense. But ultimately, for it to commercialize in the industrial space and uh, a lot of the the business applications, you're going to need to take that full autonomous a fully autonomous solution because right now. You know, if you're a farmer, you don't have three days to gather the data and to send it to somebody else and have them analyze it and give you insights. You really need it right away because if that plant it needs more or less water, fertilizer, or pesticides, it, you really need to know now because there's probably larva on the bottom side of that leaf or something well, like th that. Well, this is an evolutionary thing, right? So it was cutting edge if I'm a farmer to be able to use a drone to see from overhead view how my crops are doing. And they could manually fly the drone and do all that. And that was probably a game changer for them. But now it's also a lot of labor and expense to pay somebody to fly that drone, right? So the next step is figuring out, okay, how do I automate that? Right. So I don't have to pay somebody to go out and do this once a week or every day or whatever. Right. So we so we had a a project with the National Science Foundation. Um, you know, we we outlined this this opportunity to make it more autonomous and everything. And as part of that, they've got a great system of saying, you know, you need to do, you know, a hundred customer interviews. You need to get out and talk to the farmers and really understand through, uh, through customer discovery, what are your pain points? What do you really need? And what we found was that, you know, they've got satellite imagery, then they've got airplane imagery, and then they've got drone imagery. And the, and the satellites are, are probably the easiest, but they're the lowest resolution, right? So they'll give you a general idea. Well, how up to date is that? Well, it, it, it needs to not be cloudy, you know? So if you go through an extended period of clouds, you're probably not getting all that many. Good. But can they get a real-time satellite view? Uh, yeah, but the satellites are always, you know, mm -hmm. hurtling around, right? So you're not, you're, you might get daily, but again, it has to be clear, right? That's and still so, pretty cool that you can even do that. You can, you can. And it's, and the price has gone down, you know, they're, you know, Elon Musk, they're shooting up more satellites every day, right? So that's that's helpful with that. But when you're getting that resolution of, you know, each pixel is 15 meters yeah. or, you know, I mean, that's really advanced compared to what it was a little bit ago. Um, you can't really tell um, what's going on. And what I think a lot of the farmer input was like, hey, we totally buy that there's something here. And, and we know that when it's color-coded red, you know, that crop is stressed, right? And so they'll go out and they'll look at it. The problem is that the the data isn't timely enough, and so it's already dead. And so they're kind of like, well, that's great, but we want to know two days before it's going to die what to do. Well, so and if you're looking at it from that high up, you're going to have to see a, a lot of bad pixels before you see a trend, right? Because it can't be like a few plants are stressed. It's going to be a bunch of them. So that the satellite. Well, there's a, there's a up. number of things, man. So you know, this is also one thing we didn't mention is this has also replaced the helicopter, yeah. In some regards, so my uncle and my cousin own very large ranches in Texas. They're anywhere from sixteen hundred to thirty, like thirty two hundred acres, and you can't cover all that. And there's a lot of different things that they face as ranchers that are that are problematic and it could be everything from broken fence lines to like dry. So, um, in, in West Texas, it's hot and they literally dig ponds 
And like, sometimes it's hard to figure out if they're dry or whatever, all these different things that can be going on and they're trying to keep track of it. And it's just too much space to cover. And then not, and so they literally used to fly over with helicopters mm-hmm. and that was a way to, to look at it. And that still works for some stuff, but I mean, dude, let's be realistic. Like, I mean, is, how's your helicopter running today, Matt? Like, it's like they right. got to do a weekly scouting report. You got to have a pilot. You got to mm-hmm. do all this stuff. There's maintenance. I mean, these are just the not re- very practical things. Yeah. And now in some regards that, you know, and there's, I mean, there's all kinds of different issues that they run into and they, and they've used drones a little bit and then maybe just like, I don't know, some of it's just, you, I don't know. Well, the problem is you, you have to manually sh- fly him. Yeah. yeah. So it's still a lot of work. Well, it's expensive. And to, humans, know, it, and humans are not very accurate. And at, helicopters aren't cheap yeah. and neither are small planes or any of that stuff. And like 3,200 doesn't, isn't like massive acreage, but for a farmer growing crops, 3,200 acres is not even that big, is it? Well, and, and, and I think what's so interesting is when we went out and we talked to people where, you know, we are thinking, you know, coming out of the labs, you know, Hey, this crop stress, we're going to be able to tell each ear of corn how to get the best out of that and all the rest of that. And we, you know, we're talking to people and they'd listen for a while. They'd be like, yeah, this is, this is pretty cool. Hey, can, can you count cattle? Yeah, sure. And, and they were literally, yeah. I would say eight out of 10 farmers always got to that at some point. Can you count cattle? We're like, yeah. What, you know, what, why is that big? Well, they're like, well, when you're standing on the ground you can't. and you're trying to count these yeah. cattle, like somebody who's really good yeah. can maybe count up to 30 cattle. But well, they said the thing anybody too, who you, thinks you, you can count the same ones a bunch. Well, like, they're moving. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, so they go yeah. in in front and they go behind. They said yep. anybody who thinks they can count more than a hundred cattle is just flat out lying. Yeah, my cousin. So my cousin is the is the ranch keeper at all these ranches. I mean, that's what he does. It's his job, and like he'll tell you the same thing. He'll right. be like, and they have cows, and they also have like large game, you know, elk, deer, whatever, mm-hmm. all the stuff. But you know, they have no clue. I mean, unless you're going to like tag every single one of them, and then you really do need you. I mean, you have to tranquilize an animal and put a so, tracking chip. Well, in that it. is it. Like, that is a technology. But <laughs> yeah, the amazing, that's, well, that's not easy. Either. The amazing thing to me is that the, how they're currently doing it. They, they rustle. They look like get six cowboys on horseback, and they yep. get them all into a corner, and they let them out one by one. Yeah. Okay. It's like 1840s technology. Yeah. So can you count cattle? <laughs> <laughs> we can with the drone. There's oh, a lot of cool. there's a lot of really cool software that you can add in where it's almost like biometric identification and you can track that cow as it walks around too. Oh, really? So it's really cool. And yeah. computer vision, some of, stuff like cool stuff of, like that. A lot of computer vision. Some of that's even open source, man. You can Just count my chickens too. I suspect we probably could, unless they're going inside. <laughs> you know, if they're inside, outside, you might lose track. Chickens might be easier to count. Yeah, but now, but you look at you look at some of this stuff, and you know, you talk about cattle. I don't think people really realize like how expensive and large and valuable each each head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you don't want to lose them, man. Oh yeah, like, it's like a thousand I mean, bucks a head a, at least. You know, yeah. and, it, and it can wander off, and a lot of times it's calving or it's something. It's know, a lot. There's a lot of different stuff. The problem, you know, one of the things they've got a big issue with on the ranch, and this is kind of spreading, is feral hogs. Hmm. These are a mix between a boar and a domestic pig, and they wreak havoc yeah. on ranches because they go underneath fences. They do. They kill stuff. They are just ravenous. Hmm. They are not, they are, they are a a nuisance and you know, some of that, some of what those kind of, those aerial views will let you know, like, cause you don't know where they're living and like all this different stuff. And they really do destroy stuff. I think that my cousin, the majority of his day 
is spent um, is spent repairing things that that these hogs ruin. Sure, they. I mean, they want to shoot them. So how how they the, can too? Yeah. How have the kind of uh, field studies of this worked out for your customers? So pretty well, um, and we've got we've got a lot more coming up. So one of the nice things about the Ignite X competition or cohort, I guess that that was the Black and Veatch Launch KC, okay. the name for it. Um, one of the key things with that was that Black and Veatch has a bunch of different construction opportunities, projects ongoing at any given point in time, and they want to be able to do project management. And so they'll have on these renewable fields, you've got a solar field, you're going to put in panels across the whole thing. It's maybe 500 acres, right? And they've got a whole bunch of, uh, of panels. And so they've got to put in poles to put the panels on. And so they'll, they'll end up putting 50,000 poles just in place, you know, across this, across these fields. And there's a whole bunch of things that, you know, they have to track. They have how many are going in each day. And at the end of the day, you know, you want to get it so that you can complete your project faster because either there's penalties on the back end or there's bonuses on the front right. end. And yep. it's becoming more and more competitive in this field to, to win these deals. And so if you're going to say, hey, I can do this in five months, everybody else is in six months. They say, why? Well, we've got this great technology. We can actually track a lot more accurately. You know, we're, we're, we're getting out there. We're not, we're not losing a day because it's too muddy in that field because my drone flew yesterday and I know I'm going to put it, the arrays in field one, not field two today. And that way I'm not going to get stuck. I just saved myself a week, you know, on these things. So there's, there's so many things that it goes, it goes to Matt's point. It's not just often the thing you originally go out for, but it's all these secondary impacts that that eye in the sky can provide that otherwise on land, you just can't, you can't get that. My first experience with drones was actually, I got in a, a I used to own an office building and there was a, a large, like 40 acre lot that was next to it. And a company that owned, that owned materials, we'll say like anything from, Whatever they had piled up like the equivalent of about a half a million bags of unbagged mulch right behind my building. And I was like, man, there's no way they can do this. And you had no, I had no idea to get the scope of all of it. And I actually hired a, I got kind of, I asked them to do something about it and asked the city to do something about it. And I actually ended up hiring a drone company to come and uh, it was a, a local company and they came and I was so impressed with what this thing did. And this was a large drone. I mean, it was like this almost like four feet wide kind of thing. And yeah. This dude lifted this thing off from my, uh, um, and Mike, what's up? Um, he lifted it up and it flew a grid. Like, I mean, it went a bunch of ways sideways and went the other way and just like, and it ended up doing mapped it all out. It mapped it all out. It did volumetric calculations. Yep. It did like temperature, all this stuff. And they were able, it was so accurate that they were able, he was able to say like, okay, there is this much there. And then the more important thing that it did was it mapped out that this, uh, that this company had 99% of their material outside of the environmental boundary that they were supposed to exist in hmm. big no, no. And so I sent that off to the city and I'd love to tell you that the city of Overland Park gave a shit. They did for about an hour and kind of got back to whatever they aren't doing. But, um, but overall, you know, like I was so impressed with what the drone, like, I mean, it did, it did a ton, man. And so, but they ran that through, what was it? Drone deploy. Yeah. 
So, which is a common, I think a pretty popular yeah, third, software, third party software, software platform where you can bring your stuff in from the drone. So how does stuff like that apply to what you guys are doing? Do you use technology like that or you do, is it something that you have to uh, build completely right. from scratch? Yeah. So what we're, you know, it's, it's, it's great that those are available because I think, um, we don't like to recreate the wheel. If there's something that's out there sure. that somebody can just use, that, that that's great. What's interesting to us is that there are so many applications that we're finding out that the timeliness of the data is the key. So the data is the key. In almost all the areas that we're working in, data is always like the number one thing you need. Oh, and by the way, that wasn't fast. It took a f- several days, much to your Co- point correct. earlier. Like correct. it took like, it had to piece it all together. It took a while. They have to do all this. So, yeah. so the beauty of our docking platform. So our technology is we created a docking platform that we can use machine vision. So right now drones, you know, as I said, from a consumer basis, they just have them land near the, near the operator. They pick them up to do that. So they use GPS. GPS is good within about a yard. Okay. So when we get within that cone of about a yard, we switch over to machine vision so we can recognize the platform specifically. So it can land on a dime. We want to target, about a centimeter about uh, of target. So when we land, it can autonomously use a robotic arm to plug in, download all the data, and then all our computing is done right there on the platform. And the reason this is so critical is if you're in the middle of a farm in Kansas or you're, you know, in, in Overland, wherever it might be, you might not have five bars of connectivity. And, and one of the biggest challenges with these things is just transferring this data. So the raw images can be gigabytes oh, worth yeah. of data, yeah, yeah. right? And so you can't realistically transfer all that data. But if you had them all right there on the platform, it does all the software algorithms right there. Then you can transmit a half a megabyte file. Yeah, it's just the results. It's just the yeah. results. Here's, it's just the There report. were seven cattle. Exactly. One number. Or, or, hey. 13 chickens, seven cattle, right. three wild boars, and a naked dude running through the field. Oh my God. <laughs> and that was probably you. No, right. it was you skinny dipping in the pond. Hey, man. That's why I'm out in the middle of my own ranch. Yeah. And so our goal in the ag in the ag space was to actually have these things reside on the top of a combine or a tractor. And as it's going down the field nine miles an hour, it would basically be hovering out 50 meters in front of the vehicle analyzing every plant and with advanced imaging now we can tell just by the reflectance off a plant's leaf i see i I see in my head all these like red sweeping lasers well there's no lasers you don't you don't need the lasers but the image i've watched too many sci-fi movies (laughs) (laughs) Um, but basically you can get that back and in real time all of these tractors have already been outfitted with individual nozzles so they can literally spray each corn stalk differently. Hmm. So as they're going across, you can cover acres and acres and acres, and you would be literally treating as if, you know, you were a farmer out there individually choosing each one to give water to. I would think that the temperature thing, the temperature readings would be important to farmers. Cause like if obviously in the middle of the summer, especially with climate change and all that, just, you know, if, it, if your crops dry up, like you said, you don't have three days to address that. You got to get some water on these things because oh, yeah. that can happen. That can happen in a hurry. Right. So, so what we found out, we don't have to be like constantly hovering. But if you go once a day, you would just be immensely better off than so the, where you are. So, a, a big part of the key innovation here is figuring out all the algorithms and the data processing and actually doing that in the field. 
a big part of that is that the other point is because just, the imagery and everything is too much data to upload from a remote location. A- absolutely. In fact, the communications thing on this stuff is fascinating, especially as we start thinking about how are they going to roll out 5G? Where are these nodes yeah. going to re- reside? And we're already talking about, you know, having one of these docks every thousand feet or whatever around. And so it's really, there's a lot of really interesting synergies. You really have to have that many of these docks. You wouldn't need to. And in fact, you wouldn't need a drone at every dock, right? So if you've got 20 minutes of flight time, you could go around a certain area, land on another nest, go to another Mm -hmm. one, you know, kind of flip around. It's not like the B2 bomber where it flies all the way there and all the way back. No, well, it can right now. Most of ours do, but, but if you've got to cover thousands of acres, if then it you've still got doesn't to cover matter. a lot of space, you need it's not going to make it all the way to the end. Correct. Well, I think one of the things, you know, you talk about the pilot aspect and, you know, like the autonomy of being able to keep up with this stuff. Like you go back to like this fictional or real ranch or farm that's in the middle of nowhere. Like some of these rural populations don't have, they're, there's no they're, pilot. Yeah, well, there's and there's also a small number of people that are. There's like your goofy uncle that thinks he can drive the pilot. Well, maybe he runs can, it into maybe the barn. Maybe he can, but the thing is, is these people on <laughs> these these folks that are on the farms, they've are they are literally working from sun up to sun yeah, down. They got shit to doing do a gazillion yeah. things. And I mean, you know what? Most of them have a drone. Yeah. They went out about three, sure. four years ago. Everybody convinced them, you got to get a drone. You got to get a drone. They they have. They'll show me their drone. Yeah. Said, so when do you fly? We never fly. We, right. We 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 tried to for a while, but the problem is, is you need you need it to be repeated data over a repeated spot. It's kind of boring in some way. Well, yeah, right. kind that, of doing yeah, yeah. that. It's not yeah. the kind of thing that's no. That's Humans are not very good at repetitive, mundane tasks. Correct. And that's what this is. It's like every week or every day or whatever. Right. Go fly this perfect grid. Right. Download all this data. Oh, and then to interpret. It. Interpret. Sit at it, stare at it for hours. Right. Then read it. And then now what? Well, and then you're also talking about getting... It needs to be actionable. Tell me what to do. All they, want, they don't care at all about drones. They want to know, do I need to water my yeah, plants? What yeah, what to do? Right. Tell me what that, I need that to do. That was the point Just that I was going to make is you're, you're trying... I think anytime you ask people to... You have a major roadblock in the, in the path of progress when you're asking people to do things that are well out of their comfort zone. You know, and I'm not... Actually... Farmers are far more technologically progressive than most people think. Oh, if you look, if yeah. you look at tractors yeah. today, yeah, they're like light, night and day. Right, to even five years ago, yeah. I mean, all of them use precision yep. guidance. Yep, you know, and and so they're going out. A lot of times, a farmer's sitting in the cab, mainly just to provide situational awareness. Yep. In other words, there's no kid that came running across in front, yeah. so he needs to stop it. Right. Well, if you had these drones flying over, it could identify any of those hazards, and now you could take the farmer out of the cab. So once again, if you're listening, you can go check out awarevehicles.com. You can learn more about what they do. Um, Also, I'm going to, when I was out last week was um, Black and Beach's demo night for clean technology. And you were a part of that. So I'm going to post some pictures of the actual drone on the platform. Great. And that way the listening world can have a better understanding of what we're talking about. Now, the actual drone itself. You're, you're, these are things that you could buy that at a store, right? Yeah. We get these off the shelf. Right. The platform, not so much. No, no. You that, and that's something that that's you ours. guys have built. Yeah. So how do you build that? Does it have like a little Raspberry <clears throat> Pi computer in it? Like how do you, how do you build this? We thing? have used Raspberry Pi. We use NVIDIA right now. So TX2 is basically a high performance computer. It's more powerful than the computer you're using now. We got it. We basically got it in there and it, it can do 
all the advanced imaging, machine vision, all the algorithms. You know, we like to say you can have all the artificial software in the world, but if you don't have the data to feed it, yeah, sure, you're not going to be able so to these, drive. Any so these stuff. little platforms have got to be a little expensive for them. Actually, not. So the cool thing is, so the the drone world used to be completely dominated by DJI. I mean, arguably, it still is. Right, seventy percent market share of all drones are DJI in the prosumer segment. Um, a few companies more recently have realized, hey, that we, you know we should we should do something similar. You know, so you got Parrot out of France, you've got Skydio as a newer one in the in the United States, and they've made more, um, basically similar platforms but cheaper with a little bit better features mm -hmm. on, on different things. And I think the key thing that they're doing, I kind of think back to that Betamax versus VHS. Why, if Betamax was better, why did it fail? Well, they didn't make their platform open, right? right. And so these other drone companies, because they're the number two, number three, are saying, well, why don't we work with the, with the technologists who are going to develop something better rather than assume we can do all that ourselves, right? We're not as close to the field as they are. They're well, in the it's, field. It's one thing to build the vehicle and the hardware and it can fly and all that, but it's like, now what do people do with it, right? right? And you need to build all the software, right. like what you do, to yep. actually make this thing usable. Yep, yeah. And so a lot of it's, you know, system integration, um, and it's kind of picking your spots, but at the end of the day, we're solving that last yard and drone autonomy. So the, the challenge that you have is you're going to have to build conceivably thousands and thousands of these of your landing platforms right and they're going to get installed in the middle of nowhere in all these places how do you update your software on these platforms so these that sounds like a fun challenge so these platforms are all connected just like your computer's connected to the internet mm -hmm. right so all of them are connected so if there's any kind of software update I can do that remotely i could do it from here you I can could push, do it from my phone you can push software yeah, updates we, to we can push software to that um, I think an interesting thing is, again, nobody, all those farmers who bought a drone, they don't want to buy another drone. Mm -hmm. They don't want to buy a plot. They don't want to mm -hmm. buy any of that stuff. So, you know, we're, we're gearing toward drone as a service where it's basically just, look, we're going to provide that insight to you. We're just going to tell you when to water your plants. Or so, so you're, so you're going to basically lease them a new drone and the new platforms. They'll just have a subscription to find out data on their field. And you'll provide all of the... We'll just provide the data. Okay. Just give us access to a spot where we can plug our well, things that's, in. Well, that's another nightmare is if you have to integrate with all these different drones and make all these different drones... Yeah, they don't want to deal with ...work that. with your platform. Right. Well, I mean, not, not if they make it a turnkey process. Yeah if, yeah. yeah. if you guys provide everything, then... I think that's a right. smart approach. I mean, that would be yeah. your challenge is going I, to his family ranch like we have these 17 drones in right. the closet. Make but, them work with your from stuff. From seven years ago, which... <laughs> yeah. As a, as a person who thinks about selling stuff all day, I think that's really smart because you've probably eliminated a massive amount of objections. Oh, for sure. I mean, just like for on sure. the way to getting in. Well, like, if, you yeah. just, if you're like, hey, for, I'm just going to say like $5,000 a month, you come in, you install this shit, and I get that one report a day or a week that tells me right. if something is useful to me, and you guys do all the rest right. of it, perfect. Well, I mean- right. The amount of advance is is astounding. So you've got a 10,000-year-old industry, agriculture, mm -hmm. right? And they've been incrementally advancing every year. And Maybe older. 10,000 <laughs> might be a yeah, little short. I mean, but yeah. yeah, as far as written records, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So, you know, you're looking at a thing where people are saying, okay, it's it's a really competitive, tough market to be in, right? And so they want an advantage. Well, they've already proven in the lab that they can increase crop yields. If you were to treat every plant individually, they, you can increase crop yields by three times. They want an advantage, but they don't want more shit to do. 
No, they don't want any more to do. But yeah. if you can, so if you can say, hey, look, I can take your crop yield, you know, from 500 bushels, you know, or from 150 bushels to 500 bushels in the same acreage. Well, wow, you've got a lot of room to play with, right? Problem and is, maybe even I could do it like a tax deal where I say, I'm the, just going to split the, the benefit with you. The problem is, is there's probably 50 different vendors that all promise that thing for different reasons. Like we used to joke about this when I worked in the car industry, like every vendor would be like, you can sell three more cars a month. And like a sure. hundred vendors would all walk by with all these different widgets and all these different right. tools. And you're like, hey, Matt, I, I can a, sell a thousand cars a month. I bought all these tools. I have a question for you and I don't know the answer. How big is a bushel? Uh, I have no idea. How big is a bushel? Do well, you know? Bushels of corn are different from bushels of soybeans, and it's kind of a general. So really, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I always just picture a barrel. I thought it was seventeen square feet. Uh, what? You'd need a, some kind of a cubic. <laughs> you, dude, you want to talk about making stuff up? Cubic feet. I'm sorry. Cubic feet. <laughs> cubic. Okay, first off, that'd be a lot. That would be a lot. A cubic feet or yards? My bushels are pretty big. <laughs> Bigger than yours, I guess. I, I'm not going to get into that. So, you know, I think this is a classic sell more, spend less deal. You know, like, yeah. I mean, as far as like, you know, and I, I've said this a million times on the show, but, you know, there's three simple ways to have a very successful business. Sell more, spend less, or do both. And if you can increase the yield of what you're putting out and lower the cost. Now, I think so much of what you're doing makes a lot of sense to farmers as well, because there are, you know, if you talk to any farmer or anybody that's in agriculture, they will talk, they aren't going to tell you, they will talk about their amazing yield years and they will talk about the years everything died. Yeah. It's not the, the flood, it's not the middle. The well, there's, that's it. There's flooding, there's heat, there's, mm -hmm. there's different kinds of disease. Like there's all different kinds of stuff. Now, when you're dealing with 10,000 acres or just these massive plots of land, that's a shitload of seeds. And right. you know, like they're trying to get them in the ground, trying to, you know, and like, I mean, well, Nebraska last year was basically half the state was flooded. So if you had, you know, if you plant your seeds, they get washed out, they plant die just as quickly from too much moisture as they do from not enough. Well, this is, this, this is to your point about, well, why, why, why do they want to trust us? Right. Well, why, my, why my would point, they want to look into my point jokingly is there's like 10 vendors that will come yeah. by and like Monsanto sure. will be like, if you use our seeds and our right. this and you'll get more right. and right. You use my, right. you know, so whatever. We're not, like so there's all these different people that are all. So we don't try to say we're better than Monsanto. We want to team with Monsanto. Yeah. We want to go out them and there with them and basically say, hey, we're going to do these demos on our National Science Foundation project with Raven Industries, with Monsanto, and basically prove to the farmers, hey, we're going to do a couple of really high profile demonstrations. This is what their actual case was. And they can do some fields with it, some without. Yeah. Right. Get, so it's the same year you're not dealing with a, a you know, a for you, it's Biblical all about case flood. studies. It's case, know, studies. case studies. You've got to do the case studies. It. And so you're going to get buy-in as soon as those case studies start rolling out. Yeah. And I think there's already an intuitive um, nature of, of what we're doing where people have proven a lot of the components individually already. People just haven't wrapped yeah. it all together. And so, so I think that's that's our advantage. It's, it, look, timing is everything. It's so a startup. What have been some of your biggest challenges with this? Have, have you had issues we were talking about earlier? where you, you have to build this and then go deploy it in the middle of a field in Kansas and then you have a bunch of problems with it and you're like, oh shit, how do we, how do, I mean, what kind of challenges have you had oh, as yeah. you develop Every, the product? Everything breaks when you're prototyping. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you know, that and, and, or, you know, people have, you know, when you're in startup mode, you're trying to get 
beg, borrow, and steal for people's time to yeah. develop stuff, right? Yeah. So I've got a part-time this, part-time that, you know, because I, I can't hire the top level engineer for every different discipline that we're using. I mean, we're doing mechanical, electrical, yeah, AI, yeah, all yeah. these things, right? So I got to, I got to have a little bit of somebody's time. And then when something in that category goes wrong, now I'm delayed, yeah. right? And I got to, you know, kind of, kind of do that. So look, we have all the challenges every other startup does, right? And you so- You also have to deal with hardware. Well- and That's it, always a challenge. Yeah. And, and flying hardware. <laughs> right. Well, fortunately, a lot of the, the the flying hardware parts, like I said, we're getting off the shelf. Yeah. Right. So we're dealing with stuff that's fairly terrestrial, which is which is advantageous. A little bit th- easier. Do you think you can help Elon Musk land those rockets too within a centimeter? By, by the way, I didn't realize that. I was watching the National Geographic series Mars. Yeah. I didn't realize that the big part about the big whoop about getting back and forth to Mars is being able to like make the rocket reusable. I'd never so thought much about expense. that. Sure. So they have to be able to fire it up and then have it come back down. And I was watching some videos that are in there that should like, it's that, pretty incredible. Apparently not incredible. so easy. No, no. no. They were landing know. it on a boat in the water. Well, that's yeah. the thing or, well, a, or a platform right. similar to what you're right. doing. Yeah. Exactly. Now that might be a little different than a drone. It's a little different. I don't think that drones Several have like. Rocket. I don't think we have to calculate blast force, <laughs> right? or or make right. sure that we have now. Now you the get, wind is a big deal. Though. Now you get it's into your deal. well. That's a big deal with drones too. That's sure what I mean. The wind yeah. and the drones. Yeah. yeah. Another example of what goes wrong in the field. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you see this going forward? Like obviously, there's great uses of this in agriculture. You even talked about like construction sites. Yeah. yeah. The one that is a little dear to my heart, I always think of, I don't know if I mentioned you this before, was like car dealers. Yeah. If you're a car dealer and you have several acres of cars, you don't have any idea where the hell any of them are. Yeah. Where is that 2017 black Mustang? This dude wants to buy it. No idea. They don't know. Well, even, I mean, very similar similar application. You know, on the, one of the universities asked us, hey, can you... Can you just fly around and tell us where all the cars are so we know who's illegally parked yeah, by there you time go. and kind of basically just track that? Oh, and by the way, I would have been up, screwed in college. You're right. Can and, you but, issue parking parking tickets? And, <laughs> Probably. And, and and you could figure out which cars are there. You could have them each have a little RFID on the back of the car and you could you could immediately yeah. do it. The other thing that would be kind of cool is you could build an app real easily and say, Hey, you know what? We know where all the open spots are too. Yes. So when you're getting to when you're getting to work late. There's probably, maybe there's a spot or two. I don't know well, if there is. Well, we'll tell you exactly where it is. And if you've got the app, you're going to get it. Well, think about Disney World and directing people where to park. Oh, for sure. Like, oh, this lot's full. Yeah. There's a million usages for this kind of stuff. Eye in the sky. really cool. It's amazing. I watched Star Wars with my kids over the weekend. Just the second one. Well, did it have those red sweeping lasers I was talking about? No, well, no, but no. I did notice that, like, you know, this futuristic scenario, like the drones were doing so much stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was just kind of interesting. Yeah. I was thinking about that because I knew we were recording this today. And I was like, yeah, this, I mean, you think about it. I mean, it's, it's pretty inevitable. And, and like, they've literally scripted out the future scenario there where autonomous stuff is, is a key. Yeah, you could send drones to other planets. Do you, well, we already do. Yeah. Do you know what's but not, auto- do, do you know what's not autonomous and what cannot be done with a drone? Play mixtape. Play mixtape. I bet you could with some AI. Probably, yeah. they could probably come up with better answers than you get on That's those days. Sure. So, you ready to play next tape, PJ? Are you prepared? Uh, 
Not, not <laughs> <laughs> I give it my best. I always ask people that because I'm trying to gauge like how much time do I need to buy this person to really get in here. So I've pulled a card from the mixtape deck, and if you want to go to mixtape the game dot com, buy a copy. It's a lot of fun. By the way, great holiday gift, and I would get it in hand and unwrapped before you're around your family for the holidays. All right. Yeah. Okay. The theme song to the sitcom based on your life. Mm. I kind of want to answer the the theme song to Three's Company, but I know that that's not accurate. The theme song based on the sitcom about your life. This is deeper than it sounds for one sentence. I'm going to go with, what, do you have an answer? I'm going to go with LMFAO shots. I have, what does that sound like? It's the the song at the sporting game they always do when they're doing the penal, the, the kicks. It's like, shot, 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 shot. You don't even them. really drink. Where's the shot, shot, shot come from? I don't know. I just like the song. <laughs> so it's become yeah. the theme song yeah. to the sitcom about your yeah, life? yeah. Oh man, there's so many ways I could go with this. I, you know, and I can't use CeeLo Green songs <laughs> or Lump Biscuit. By the way, band. I did. By the way, on the side note, I drew a card that I realized was not well. Maybe for some, now I take that back. I was going to say I thought I found the card that broke the CeeLo Green hack. Um, was it like the endearing song about your grandma? Because that would be a bad answer. Probably. What song is that? The CeeLo Green song. That would be a bad. Does answer. he have a song, an endearing song about a grandma? No, if that was the card. Mm. I mean, man, I'm going to go with "Money" by Pink Floyd. That starts with all the mm. cash registers ringing, and I'm just going to say that because I think that, like, ever since I can remember, I was always hustling in some regards, like all the way down to like being a little kid. By the way, my five year old can now define what profit is. We're really, not a man with a white beard. No. No, we're really moving forward on that. (laughs) PJ, do you have an answer? I will say uh, live a life less ordinary and carbon leaf. Oh, wow. I don't know what that is. I don't know. I'm like literally voting blind. So I'm going (laughs) to go with the guest and vote for PJ's answer. I'm going with the money. Okay. It's up to you, man. Now, we could have a three-way tie. No, wait. So I vote for yeah. BJ. You vote for me. If he votes for me, we have a three-way tie. What was the reason you liked shots again? Do you, you liked it? Maybe I like going to the soccer games, and they always play it at the soccer games. All right, we'll, we'll go three-way. Oh, <laughs> dude. That was like an intentional tie. Okay, now we all have to sing our songs? No. Right. No. <laughs> okay, I think we just call it, it a, a tie and move on. And and mixtape the app. It, it randomly it would, No, it would eliminate someone and then do a revote. No. I thought no. I thought it just ran. It was someone over. would get someone would get cut. Now that is kind of random. I mean, how do you break a tie? So, all right. So as we kind of round out the stuff um, or this episode, uh, how's your experience been with Launch KC and Black and Beach? Has that been? It's, it's fantastic. So, you know, I like to say that it it's hard to find a a uh, a startup with a compelling disruptive technology and a great business plan, right? But I would say it's much harder to find a large company willing to adopt a new technology, even if to some extent it's disrupting their own business because large companies are designed to be more like a freighter. Mm -hmm. They're not supposed to 
to, they want to protect to, their turf. They want to protect their turf. They don't want to change change quickly. But I think Black and Beach has adopted a little bit of a of a willingness and an interest in saying, hey, you know, if we have to if we have to change things up to really get a sustainable competitive advantage two years down the road, we're 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 going to try to be out in front of that before somebody else does. So I I think it was fantastic, and uh, we're lucky to be part of their first first cohort. I'm sure they're going to do it again. They have a whole bunch of stuff lined up. I mean, they got three of them going on right now, and you guys are just graduating. Is it all over now? No. I mean, it's kind of meant to be in perpetuity. Like, it goes on and on and on. Like, they're going to do some new stuff. Well, like, they just had the demo days last week. They right? did, so and that's that like graduation this... night, isn't it? Yeah. So that's what I mean. And then shit gets re- real, real. Are these cohorts over? Um, that's a good question. So it's it's officially over as part of the launch KC, but I think in every scenario, they're their whole point of the last few weeks is to figure out, okay, what do we do on November yeah. 14th? You know, what do we, what well, do it's we never do really our, over because yeah, the, I mean, the top gonna... level company has in, made an actual investment in these companies. And that's why I like the way that they switch that away from grants. It's a great call. Cause grants like, Hey, here's some money. And I'm not saying that's bad, but here's some money. We're going to put you through a very short window of stuff that you may or may not pay attention to, or even care about. Right. And instead they hook you up with someone who has a vested interest in your success. And like, I was there at that, that night talking with you and someone from black and beach and I could see the level of interest yeah. and the, you know, the, uh, you know, just like the future planning that comes into that. And they're not looking to do one small demo. They want to do, yeah. you know, they want to put their foot in the water before, yeah. you know, they have a bunch of stuff lying around their thing, but then they want to do a full project demo six months long, takes off yep. every day. How does that work? They want to, you know, they understand that working through FAA waivers, you know, for completely autonomous flight, we're going to need to work through that. But at the end of the day, at some point, every project they have, this is going to be a line item on it. Yep. It's going to be in every, every project they do. That's the goal. I hear you. So, and they're doing that with all the different stuff, at least the Black and Beach companies. And think about like how smart that is on their behalf because they're engineering stuff. And if you can engineer your own, your own companies mm-hmm. into the solution later on. I mean, that's a great long play. I love that. And everyone that I've talked to that's in the, in the clean tech one is really excited at the opportunity to work at black and beach. I think they're one of Kansas city's like real all-star hall of fame, like super companies that, that a lot of people haven't heard of because the like engineering and that part is not the part that you see with a skyscraper that's being built or a giant anything. And, you know, that's like, it's not a consumer brand. It's not. Well, I mean, I think if you grew up in Kansas city, you know, so, all right. So we like to end all all of our episodes with what we call the founders freestyle. We'll we'll turn over the mic and uh, to each of us and kind of do a round table. PJ, I'll start with you. Before we do that, I do want to once again, encourage everyone to go to awarevehicles.com while you're there on the internet, check out all of our beautiful smiling faces. Yeah, there you go on the Startup Hustle YouTube channel. If you want to check us out at at Startup Hustle Podcast on the gram, we're there. While you're on the internet, check out some of our other companies like stackify.com, gigabook.com, and some of the other stuff that we do. So with that, sir, I will hand over the mic to you. You can say about whatever you want to whoever you want, however you want. Well, I would just say, you know, it's, you know, there, there's so many people who, who say, man, it, it was so much easier 10 years ago, right? Or there's so much opportunity 10 years ago. Every industry I've been in, whether it's banking or or any of the companies I've been in, and 
I can't think of a time when it's been more exciting than right now in terms of how many things are changing. You know, the concept of integrating the drones with the imaging and the AI, 20 years from now, people are going to say, well, of course, what, you know, why what would you do? How, mm-hmm. how else would you do it? Right. And the fact that it's not that way now is just mind boggling, you know, in some ways, once you, once you get deeper in the weeds, you see that. And so I would say from an entrepreneurial standpoint, um, you know, don't think everything's been done before. It's literally the advances that we're making in general today, whether it's communications, whether it's the speed of, of software analytics, all the rest of this stuff is opening up markets that, you know, is going to make us look like, you know, we didn't have cars, you know, you know, we look back a hundred years and we're like, my goodness, you know, they, they barely had cars, model T's were coming out then. Right. You know, and it's so it's going to look even probably an order of magnitude stranger in a hundred years about today, you know, sickness, healthcare, all, all the rest of it that it's going to be. So, um, I don't know if it's more of a statement or a thought, but it's, it's, it's maybe a call to arms for any entrepreneur out there to, to find the technologies and take the risk because you can really change the world individually and as a group. Master Watson. I, th- I think to add on to what you just mentioned, you know, um, I, there, there's probably thousands of farmers that know that drones are helpful and they're all like, man, if somebody could just fly this damn thing every day mm-hmm. and tell me how many cows I have and which of my plants need to be looked at, that'd be great. Somebody needs to automate this shit, right? Somebody has to actually do it, right? Somebody's got to step up and say, you know what? I can solve that problem. And this is a a recurring theme to your point in almost all industries, right? There are problems that need to be solved. And there's lots of people that are like, yeah, somebody needs to do that. But somebody actually has to do it, right? Right. And so for this one, you've actually done it. I think part of your struggle of, of your business as you go forward is this is a classic example of a business that could go very wide or very deep. Mm. You become the expert service at agriculture and maybe even certain types of agriculture, right? Is it only cows or is it only cornfields or is it all agriculture, right? Or are you like chasing shiny objects? You're like, oh, we want to monitor oil fields and we want to do this thing for car dealerships and we want to do this thing for that and this thing for that. Next thing you know, you're flying drones to the moon and back because you're trying to see if the other side of the moon is still dark every day, right? right? Like you, there's just so many things you could do. And that's the struggle a lot of startups have is trying to focus, you know, where do you focus? Sure. So I think that, and thank that was, those are great points. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome. Yeah. That's why we have you around. Yeah. Um, but you know, everything that both of these gentlemen said is really true. I think the thing that I'll close the show out with is, is, you know, I don't think people really understand the challenges that the world has in front of it. You know, we, we're going to have 10 billion people on this planet in the next 20 years. We've got climate change issues. We have stuff like that. We're, we have to grow more food and do it in the same amount of space, maybe even less space, less space. and stuff like that. And it's, I mean, it's a real challenge. And, and the thing is, is these kind of solutions, they just don't happen overnight. And, and if they... And the forward thinking mentality of companies like Aware Vehicles has to exist if we're otherwise there's going to be bigger, tougher problems. Like think about all of a sudden there are no crops or crops aren't doing what they need to do. It's pretty much like the science fiction scenario that could become a reality if certain things aren't occurring. And I think that, you know, we record this podcast here in Kansas, and oftentimes the American farmer is very overlooked as being the most crucial part 
of you being alive. Like, cause not only are they growing your food, they are growing your other foods food in a lot of situations. And that, you know, that's, so any, any solution that is related to ag tech and this kind of stuff, I think is really cool. I love the fact as well, like kind of like Matt said that, you know, you're using, you're using technology that exists to do things that matter and don't assume that all these ideas are done. That was PJ on that. But I mean, it's sometimes I, you know, you you sit back and I've always joke, I always joke, oh, there's no good ideas left, but I'm wrong. I am very wrong about that. So. Well, what's interesting about what you're doing is you didn't necessarily invent any of these things. You're just pulling them all together and creating a new recipe, right? You didn't invent the drones. But that is an invention. Yeah. You didn't invent you know, artificial intelligence and machine learning and computer vision and, right. you know, having a cellular access in the middle of the field. Like you didn't invent any of these things, right. but you're able to put all of them together in the right formula to solve a problem. It's like Which, inventing what, a phone or you didn't, you didn't invent well, the cable yeah. or yeah. the speakers yeah. or the things. Right. But, but that is an invention. Yeah. You becomes, can invent yep. stuff with other stuff. Just solving a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Taking all these things off the shelf and putting them together and actually solving a problem. Well, PJ, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Um, I'm going to awesome. dedicate the rest of my day towards the AI bot that's going to defeat Watson at Mixtape. Perfect. See you all next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle. Startup Hustle.